Hello, how's it going everyone? Welcome back to the Pursuing Progress podcast where we have honest conversations to help us fall forward. And today on episode 79, we're going to talk about what it means to live as someone with worth, um, that has a good sense of self-worth. Uh, I think for, for me personally, I think this has just been something that I've thought about for a long time and reflected it on upon, I think, for over the past probably two, three years um, about, you know, you know, where I've come from and why I've always kind of identified, identified myself as someone with um, a low sense of self-worth or a low sense of value. And I think this has just been kind of present for a long time throughout my life. And I think it just kind of, um, I think like from that, just kind of like you just exude all this kind of like low value kind of uh, behaviors and and thoughts and um and i think as i think about all the things that have happened to me i think growing up and you know uh, throughout childhood and and growing up i think i've just had this kind of ingrained belief that i was someone of kind of really low worth and um all these kind of really destructive thoughts that kind of come from that and what i just want to kind of unpack those and and kind of realize and kind of work out you know, different ways that we can kind of think through that to kind of rise above and to, um, I think, know that you are deserving of good things and um, and you are worth it in the end and you don't have to kind of, you know, particularly um, work hard, like too, too particularly hard to kind of get to a place where, you know, you can deserve good things for yourself and, and, and things like that. And so you know, there's, you know, different kind of traumas and, and the impact that they have that, you know, on me and my outlook on the world. And, um, I think I don't remember if I kind of mentioned it in previous podcasts, but I think, you know, talk about my family and how I've been, um, you know, raised up by a single parent and, and things like that. And, and my mom's marriage was totally, totally messy and, you know, um, I, you know, my dad had other women on the side and it was just messy from, from day one, even before day one. Um, and so like my dad hasn't been present and the whole thing about, you know, a father wound, um, is just, I think the impact of that and the severity of the injury that that, um, has upon someone is, is, is huge. Um, it's, I don't know. It's, it's one of the things that people don't, really kind of talk about and there's this worrying st statistic um that you know i think from the first i don't know a few months of the year when they were in the u.s when there was so many different um or was it like mass mass shooters and um and you know it was while the mainstream media was talking about you know it's a white supremacy and, and, and things like that but you know it wasn't didn't apply across every single shooter um and apparently Apparently, this really troubling statistic of, um, I think, 38 out of the 39 um, mass shooters, like, <laughs> grew up without fathers. Um, and, you know, I, I just kind of look at myself and I'm just like, oh, okay. Um, I think I think it just goes to show that, you know, the, the impact of not having that kind of father figure really sets on in, in a really terrible direction. And... Um, 
you know, if you leave that kind of wound and, and that trauma unprocessed and undressed, it's going to lead to kind of mal maladaptive behaviors and dysfunctional behaviors, such as taking it out on the world. And, and yeah, like it, I think, um, I'm, I think I'm okay. Like I, I have things, you know, mostly under control where I won't kind of lean into those kind of, you know, behaviors or that kind of like angst against the world. But, um, I think it, those things do happen out of weakness and out of people who, you know, don't have a great sense of self-worth. Um, and, and just want to make like one last kind of act, you know, I think like action to kind of be known or to, um, make themselves known because, you know, nothing, nothing much is, is going on for them. Um, and I don't know if I've, sh you know, shared this before, but I think I've been told by my mom in, in heat, in the heat of arguments that I've been, um, you know, I was one of her you know, biggest regrets, um, in the, in terms of, you know, being born and, um, like I was born on mother's day of that year, which kind of like heaped onto the pain and, um, and I think recently I was just kind of reminded that, you know, my birthday was one of the most painful days of her life. And, and so like that, you know, in itself, you know, I, don't, I, I think, you know, I just don't celebrate my birthday much, um, as such. And, you know, I talk to different friends and they're just like, yeah, man, we need to celebrate your birthday. And, and, it, and it's just kind of a real conflict of the, of the soul when it, when it comes to that. Um, and I think I talked about kind of schema therapy, I think a few podcasts back, um, about, you know, my sessions with a psychologist and they, un uh, went through this thing called schema therapy, which is just kind of this collation of, um, you know, coping me mechanisms or behavioral kind of patterns that I do in terms of, um, in terms of my response to the world. Um, there's, uh, stuff like, you know, like impulsive child and angry child. So, you know, there are, there are areas of my kind of childhood that, you know, were left unattended and, and they were hurt in, in certain ways and they weren't addressed. And so there's this out, you know, whether you want to picture it as this inner child, just, you know, really waiting for their needs to be met and they're going to kind of throw those tantrums in anger and do stuff impulsively. Um, and so those are kind of off the charts for me. And, and the other, <laughs> the other one, that was really worrying is the whole th this schema called compliant surrenderer, and so this is this this is born out of low self worth. This is born out of um, like I you know my need my needs mean nothing, and I'm going to be a doormat. I'm going to be compliant and surrendered to your needs and your demands and commands without looking yeah look, without looking after myself or employing any sort of self care. <clears throat> Um, and you know, just this kind of chronic people pleaser. And so like a mixture of that, and I'm sure there's so many other things that I could kind of spend time to think about that, you know, contribute to, um, you know, my low sense of worth and, and value that I've, you know, um, that I can put out to the world. And, and so, because I'm so busy kind of, you know, chasing other people's, um, pleasing other people's needs and, um, especially prevalent in my previous relationship that there just wasn't time, you know, in a critical time from 20 to 25 to, to really invest in, in, in myself and to figure out what, what's best for me and to pursue that and, and to work with that. And so I, I was, 
I was just rereading this thing, you know, about masculinity, you know, because this is a kind of thing kind of pondering. And I know it's not like the most fantastic thing to, to be talking about because, you know, toxic masculinity and, you know, like no one's masculine anymore. No one's a man. And it's probably better for a man to be a woman blah, blah, blah. Um, but I think <laughs> traditionally, I think, you know, women want strong men, whatever strong men, like helps society, like run better, blah, blah, blah. Um, but there was a quote that said, you know, men inherently don't have value and they have to create it for themselves. And, and like, yeah, like that, that quote was something that really resonated with me because I don't know me at, at the moment with nothing much going on, I'm less than desirable. I'm not, you know, building any sense of like attraction or, or any, any value. And I think it, I think it just reflects this kind of low sense of self-worth and, and things like that. And, and, you know, like this is the stuff that has been going on for a while. And I, you know, played a real great pretender game for, you know, for five years in a relationship. And I think it just comes to the fact that, you know, from now till, you know, a good amount of years later, I, I have no business in, you know, being in another relationship like at, at all. Um, and like, I think last week I turned 27 and, um, you know, I need to give myself like next three, five years to, to really just work myself and not think about anything else about companions or, um, partners or dating and, and, and whatnot, because like, I'm not someone that's created any value for themselves yet. Um, I'm not someone who, you know, has that kind of high sense of self-worth and, and that confidence. And, um, it was Jim quick that, um, just reading his stuff about like mastery and, uh, and reading and, and things like that and practice. And, and, you know, he talks about how competence breeds confidence and confidence brings worth. And, and it's just like, well, I'm at the moment where I'm working so, so casually and there's no kind of upskilling. There's no kind of competence that can be built. Um, and I'm in the middle of considering a new career path. So I need to start from scratch and, and be willing to be a fool in, in that new industry and, and to, um, learn the ropes and try to build, build from there, which is, you know, will probably take a few years. And, and, and so, yeah, like this is my reality and this is what I'm facing for the next few years. Um, and so, yeah, this whole thing about like not feeling worthy is, you know, um, sure it rings bell with, you know, not being able to lift Thor's hammer, but, um, yeah, I think the pervasive thoughts that, that come through are quite damaging because when, when you come from a place of low worth, you, you just don't deserve, you don't think you're deserving of good things. And I think, I think, I don't know if you listened to my last podcast, but I think when I saw my ex, you know, get with someone else and it was, it was, I think what really got to me was just, I think feeling that I, I didn't ever deserve that to, to have that ever again. Um, I think that that was the thing that probably hit me the most. Um, and you know, had to be reminded, but, um, and, and so like, it just made sense that, you know, during my relationship, like I would just so easily be jealous. I was, I was so insecure, like that any kind of guy that she was talking to, I would just make up these scenarios of like 
and they are so much better than me and she's going to easily just go off with them. And, um, and yeah, like that, that just makes a really terrible, you know, relationship and, and, and situation for, uh, for everyone involved. Um, and you know, like, yeah. And, and the particular thing that has been quite poignant, I think is like, people will be able to tell me I have worth. People will be able to tell me that, um, dude, you're amazing at this. You're good at this. Or like, Hey, like, um, you know, you've come so far and, and things like that. But I think the thing that has really stuck out is, um, and the thing I've learned from, from reading and things like that is that, you know, when someone tells you something that is so contrary to the story that you tell about yourself, like that is just not going to go through. Um, because for the, for the vast majority of my life, I believe I was someone who had you know, no sense of worth and, um, uh, yeah, like no sense of like identity or worth, like in, in, like in me. And, you know, when people will say like, you're amazing, you're really good. And I'll just really brush it off because I just, it just would fall on deaf ears. Like I'd, I'd acknowledge it, smile, but I just wouldn't believe it. Like, like one iota. Um, and I was just kind of, okay, they're just being nice. Like whatever. <laughs> um, those little white lies that kind of, you know, keep the vibe positive. Um, and, and so, yeah, like as, as you know, like as that friend, like it's, you know, it's important to, you know, say things are good when they are and, um, and, you know, for them to tell you to, Hey man, you've, you've got everything it takes and be confident, um, you're worth it. Um, but I think, you know, for, for me in that instance, and I'm sure for a lot of people in that situation, it's kind of like, Oh, thanks. But I, I really struggle with this. And I don't think that's, that's true of me. And, and you want to correct that as a friend and be like, no, like stop lying to yourself and, and things like that. But it's, it's, a, it's a long process to kind of change your thinking from that. Uh, and so it's, um, yeah, not to say like to not compliment someone who can't take it well. Um, but, but yeah, but just know that it, it has a hard time getting through, I think. Um, and so this whole thing about like worth and experience and confidence and, and confidence like that, the thing is like that can only come from experience and, um, and, and doing things and, and practicing and kind of, you know, being, diligent and disciplined in, in, in the practice and, and, and training of, of that particular skill or a particular thing you're, you're looking to, to kind of pursue and, you know, and, you know, have that kind of act as evidence and kind of keep adding evidence and kind of build a strong database for you to, you know, start shifting those beliefs. I think when, when you're stagnant and you don't try anything or you don't, you know, get out there and, and do things, I think you just, yeah, like you just kind of stagnate and plateau and, and you just feel like you're, you're kind of stuck in this, um, this particular feeling or this particular phase in life. And, um, I was just talking to you know, a friend who's just been out of work for a bit and then probably for the past year or so. And then, uh, recently got offered a job and I think all this kind of like, 
like self-doubt and, and uh, like, you know, lack of self-belief just kind of dawn on them because they've been out for so long and they just don't, um, they just don't have those working habits anymore. And they just, I don't know, they just believe that they're not up for it anymore. And um, I think that's, that is what happens when you just kind of relax and take it easy and, and be passive and, and lazy. And, um, and I guess that's a kind of, you know, stark reminder for myself, but, um, yeah, like you, you, you see it happen in, in, in other people. And of course it's going to happen to you and, you know, given the same situation, most likely. Um, and, but yeah, like, you know, that, that friend's been out for, for a year and, you know, they have this kind of like negative thoughts and like, imagine someone who's lived, you know, in the entirety of their life, you know, thinking these things. And so, you know, the process to like slowly change things is going to be, um, going to be difficult, but it'll be uh, long and arduous and, and, and things like that. Um, and I think, you know, Instagram, the, the fountain of knowledge and motivation that it is, I think there was, there was a quote that kind of stood out to me as well of, you know, many people are like that many people are, you know, doing well or quote unquote being successful because they believe in themselves and they do it. And it's not because they're, you know, they're super qualified or they're like super talented. They're, they're just willing to, um, put themselves out there and embrace failure and, and just, and just <laughs> they're out there doing, doing things, um, instead of letting the beliefs hold them back. And yeah, I think that's, you know, that's where a lot of people, that's where I'm at. And I'm sure that's where a lot of people are as well. Um, and because those people that are doing well, like they know their worth, they know the value that they bring and they have the resilience to, you know, you know, put themselves in situations outside the comfort zone to, to fail and to learn and to become better and to, to develop. Um, and, you know, rather than be the person that, you know, complains about the world, the world's against, against them, or, um, the system is just, you know, geared against them because they're not rich. You know, we have a system where the rich get richer and the poor get poorer. Um, but it really isn't, um, it's more of an excuse more than anything. And like, I know I've been guilty of that as well. And, and so I think, um, like rereading like Jordan Peterson's like 12 rules, rules for life. Um, and, and is like the meme rule that he has, um, of, I think it was rule six of cleaning your room. Um, you know, before you criticize the world, I think just kind of rings true to this point because, um, the, like the whole notion of the whole clean your room before you criticize uh, the world is kind of like, you know, when you have your, your bedroom, you know, it's kind of, kind of figurative of, you know, the things in your life that you have control over, um, your own affairs and, and, and things like that. And so when you have your room, like your, and when you spend enough time in it, you, you know, you know, what needs to be addressed, you know, the parts that need to be cleaned and, and cleaned up. And, and so metaphorically, um, you know, you know, the areas that you're lacking, you know, the areas that you're, you're weak or not as strong at and, you know, your weaknesses and things like that. And job interviews will, you know, <laughs> ask you that, you know, great question of like, what are your weaknesses? And, and so I think 
Because a lot of, you know, as I talked about you know, school shooters and things like that, and when we read their diaries and manifestos, it, it all comes out of this kind of hatred of the world or hatred of the system that that's in place that, um, you know, like, you know, humans, humans are evil, humans are corrupt and, um, you know, there's never going to be a, an opportunity for me because I'm, I'm good, um, you know, um, <laughs> and things like that. And, and so, you know, when people who, you know, don't have their affairs in order and just criticize the world and, and, um, and it just out of that kind of breeds this kind of like really destructive thoughts and, and eventual behaviors. And, and, and so it's quite scary to, to, um, to think about for sure. And, and so, you know, it is important to kind of examine ourselves and, and to think about, you know, where our faults are and, and to, you know, like we know when we're doing something wrong on, on purpose and, um, you know, it, you know, we need to, you know, have the discipline and the mo like initiative to stop doing the things we know that are wrong. And, you know, I have a lot of things that are plaguing me and, and the kind of, I don't know, the unhealthy decisions I make in, in terms of the coping with, um, how tough it is or how depressed I am. And, um, you know, like last week I was, I like had a drink and I think I, I just really like, yeah, I had a drink for the first time in about like two years or so. And like, I think that, that emotional numbing mission, the emotional numbing feeling that you get from alcohol is, was quite nice. Um, and it just kind of reminded me why I got into it. Um, you know, during a really painful time of life. And I think it was, <laughs> it's like, I, I really get it why people lean to, lean to alcohol, but we know that's temporary relief and you feel worse the next day and it kind of worsens the problem because you didn't really actually address, um, you know, what the core of the problem. Um, and you know, there's so many other areas that I'm lacking and I think with enough self-examination, like you, you can know what you're lacking as well for, for yourself. Um, and you know, I, I don't know, like I do, I don't know, have these moments of missing out and, and regret that kind of like come in waves and like, I, I want to, like, I do have this urge to just like, I don't know, just, <laughs> put myself out there on, on dating apps and just to kind of like meet new people and just to feel, feel this kind of like empty void that I have with, you know, meeting new people and intimacy and, and, and things like that. But I think just with what I was talking about with worth and, and value, like that's just going to end really abruptly. And, um, yeah, like, <laughs> yeah, uh, the more, the less said about that, the, the better, I think in terms of my spiraling thoughts and things like that. And so, and so in terms of this whole thing about like working on yourself and, you know, increasing your worth and, and net value and, and, and not net value, that sounds like a currency or something. Um, and with the whole metaphor of cleaning your room, like the, the solution and, and the way of change is within our control. And, and that's the empowering thing about, about it. Like we can, 
like once we, you know, give ourselves the time to figure out what it is that's, you know, keeping our worth low or uh, where our laziness or our sluggishness is that we can address it and, and take steps um, to do it, to kind of deal with it. Um, and yeah, so it's, it's not out of our reach to, to be able to, I think, work on ourselves to the point that we can become the force of good and love and peace and, and compassion that we see, we want to see in the world. And, and so it's not, yeah, like it's not a be all and end all that, you know, we are where we are. Like there is capacity for change and possibility for change and like, it's not out of reach. Um, and so, you know, for me, it is just to wake up and um, get a job, wake up with purpose, wake up at a you know normal time, um, <laughs> you know, provide value, whether through these podcasts or through, you know, the book that I'm writing or yeah, most, mostly is just, I think, income, I think, um, because I think income or such money is just kind of reflective of the value that you provide. Um, and so when there is minimal income coming in, it, it is reflective of low value. Um, and so, you know, working at a particular thing where, you know, there's income coming in, decent income, I think it will be reflective. And I think on the inside, you'll, you'll kind of adopt this belief that you are providing great value. And from that value, you know, um, what was it? Positive association with, with, um, worth as well. And, and from a high, high sense of worth, like you just breathe this kind of confidence and, and confidence that, and that kind of idea, that ideal of masculinity of your strength and you've created great value for yourself. And, you know, from then, you know, you can probably then kind of start thinking about, um, dating and investing yourself in, in someone else. Um, you know, when you've done all the hard work to, to build yourself up into someone of value, like only then, um, is it the appropriate time to consider, um, I don't know, like thinking about, you know, being intertwined with someone, someone else and helping them become the best person that they can be. Um, and yeah. Um, and, and the whole thing of, you know, being the light that inspires other people to, to shine brightly as well. Um, and, and yeah, I think, um, like I was reading this book called cleaning up your mental mess by Dr. Caroline leaf, which has been a really fantastic book because it's, uh, grounded in evidence and, and science. Cause she's been, um, doing, she's been a clinical psychologist and then research for about, I think 30, 35 years, 37 years. Hopefully I'm not underselling that. Um, and you know, she has this. And I was just reading about you know, the background research and, and things like that. And, and this, I don't, this notion of neuroplasticity, <laughs> neuroplasticity, I'm sorry for that yell. I'm sure that was pleasant on your ears, but, um, like the whole notion that I think our brain will respond to different changes that we have, you know, we do it with our lives. Um, you know, when, when someone has a stroke, um, where, you know, there's damage to, one side of the brain, you know, it's going to affect, like if there's damage on, uh, whether through like a ruptured artery or a blockage, um, you know, there's, you know, it deprives the brain of oxygen and damages all the neurons in inside. And, and so, um, 
I think people are aware that, you know, the right side of the brain controls the left side and the left side controls the right side of the body. And, and so when there's damage on one side of the brain, you lose kind of function of you know, that side. And, this, and it's through kind of like exercise rehab and, and you know, physiotherapy as well, um, where, you know, where you, you know, work, you do different exercises, you know, with the affected arm, but also if, you know, doing exercises with the, with your unaffected arm as well, like your, your brain just has this magical ability to kind of like adapt to the situation and to help, um, you know, compensate and kind of adapt, um, structurally and, and chemically to be able to kind of increase your function, even though, um, you've just had a stroke and, and people, there are so many great stories of people being able to, you know, regain function and kind of, you know, live their life, you know, semi back to normal, uh, which is just this marvel of, of, of the brain and things like that. And so Dr. Carolyn Leaf just talks even further about, um, you know, the, the changes in the brain, um, that happen even with the thoughts that we have or the thoughts that we, or the narratives that we run. And so each, you know, each thought that, that we have is actually causing chemical change in the brain. Um, and so, you know, as you know, for me, as someone who is tends to be like negative and projects kind of low self-worth, like the brain is just adapted to that. And so that's why it's so, you know, those thinking patterns or the behavioral patterns are so kind of default or habitual. Um, and so, you know, even though you start off like one day or like a one-off saying something positive about yourself or, you know, doing something that, um, feels good or something that you've, you can, you've done out of confidence. Um, even though it's just the one-off, like it's, it's still producing those, those changes in the brain in, in that positive direction. Um, and, and like that, that's wonderful. Um, and, and so like, of course it's going to feel super odd, um, to get to this, to get from this place of constant negativity to, you know, positive and more fulfilling and more, um, hopeful for language and, and, and thoughts and things like that. But like to sit in that discomfort of, you know, allowing yourself to be positive, uh, like, and projecting more kind of optimistic thoughts like that is going to create, um, a, a rewiring in, in the brain that, that will be able to change. And then I think it just kind of gives you this hope that you can get to this place where, you know, you speak well of yourself. You get to this place where you feel confident in your skills, um, where, where you can uplift yourself, um, you know, when it comes to challenges and instead of talking yourself down, um, and you know, this, this thing of neuroplasticity is, is really exciting and, and, and years of destructive patterns can, can be undone. And as of course it's going to be difficult. Um, and I think she puts like a minimum of 63 days, um, you know, of, you know, going through a five step cycle, um, that yeah, like you should read it if you want to kind of yeah, it's a bit to go through, but, um, it's, yeah, this kind of five step that has been, you know, scientifically kind of 
proven or it's empirical evidence that um yeah it can change those destructive patterns and and be a bit more uplifting and, and more positive and you know to clean up your mental mess you know as the title suggests and you know at least 63 days which is what like like two months of kind of consistent practice and and it, it starts off little of you know just a few minutes a day to build that up to you know half an hour and an hour and whatnot um of, of this kind of meditative practice or what she calls the neurocycle um to to help rewire the brain and, and like it just kind of gives gives hope that you know i can maybe become someone who's more uplifting and and positive you know and and someone who has a more positive outlook in life and <clears throat> and, and yeah like i'll i'll give it a go like what you know, it's kind of a, what is there to lose to, you know, allow myself to think more positively. Um, and knowing that, that it's triggering changes in the brain and, um, because the brain's constantly changing to all the things that we think and, and do like, so, you know, in a sense that everything we do and think, um, matters, um, because it's causing changes, you know, it might not, you know, provide any kind of observable change like in your appearance or um to to other people or things like that but but it's happening on the kind of biochemical level and you know it might be a while till you actually actually see it or, or feel it or recognize it um but it but you can't deny the reality that it is actually happening and and so that's just something wonderful that um been able to learn learn through reading and um i think it's a positive message to you know, people who are stuck in this rut, I guess, um, or, or feeling worthless and helpless. And, um, you know, because we are people that constantly think, um, think thoughts, you probably think tens of thousands of thoughts per day or even per hour or whatnot. And, and so, <clears throat> um, and yeah, like through, you know, you know, many disciplines and build the building up of disciplines and, and habits. We can, you can have people like change their outlook on life, which kind of produces all this kind of confidence. And, you know, when they're better at work or they're better at, you know, being themselves or being a better, you know, boyfriend, husband, girlfriend, wife, or yeah, whatnot, like to know that that, that is possible for someone, um, you know, with the right guidance and, and wisdom and, and science and, and different strategies and methods that they can get there, um, is, is, is fascinating. Um, and, you know, you can apply to so many different things, whether it's sticking to an exercise routine or, or you know, working on your diet and, and sleep and, um, or behaviors and, and thought patterns. Like it can, yeah, these steps can be done to kind of help you rewire yourself to become that person. And, um, and I think, you know, you know what your ideals are and what kind of identity that you want. Um, and so when you have, <clears throat> you know, this ideal that you set for yourself in this identity or this person that you want to be, um, you know, set those kind of mini goals or little habits or little thought patterns to kind of redirect you towards that thing. Um, it will produce much meaningful change and, um, and yeah, something that's true to yourself and, and not something that, you know, where you want to like imitate someone or have someone else's life or, 
someone else's lifestyle, but something that's true to you and, and um, who you want to be is, you know, questions to think through and, you know, ask, talk to your friends and talk to a counselor, talk to a psychologist, talk to people you trust and, um, yeah, to, to get some perspective and, and opinions on it so that you can make, you know, more informed decisions around, around it. And so, so yeah, the six minutes, we'll, we'll leave that there for, you know, today's episode of this podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Hope you got something out of it. Um, I think it's just been a real light bulb moment for me and, and hopefully that's, you know, helped you in some way. Um, if not, hope you enjoyed my voice. <laughs> um, but yeah, we'll leave that there for today. Thanks so much for, um, for listening. Appreciate each and every one of you. And um, yeah, hopefully I can get back on this podcast podcast grind. And um, yeah, stay tuned for for the book that I'm looking to you know publish and, and release at the end of the year. It's it's going well, and and hopefully it it brings value um, for sure. Um, but yeah. Um, until then, keep happy, keep healthy and, and, and safe um, as, you know, this pandemic kind of ramps up in all sorts of different countries and, yeah, there's all sorts of news across the world. Um, yeah, uh, love and peace you all. Be kind to, you know, everyone always and uh, we'll see you in the next podcast.